Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Gordon Glenister. Gordon, very warm welcome to you. Lovely to, lovely to be here, Amy. Well, it's lovely to have you and I'm really looking forward to talking all about influence. Is that what we're going to be talking about? You tell me. Influence and influencer marketing. Yes. Okay. All right. So what is it you're doing at the moment, Gordon? So lots and lots of things, but we've only got half an hour. So I'll just tell you about the main ones. Um, So yeah, I am an influencer marketing uh, specialist. So I run my own influencer marketing program, which is to help business owners and thought leaders become more influential. Um, I'm a podcast host, a bit like you, on uh, Influence, the global podcast on influencer marketing. Um, More recently, I'm a published author on influencer marketing strategy, which I was very excited about uh, launching, albeit online. Um, I'm also the global head of influencer marketing at the Branded Content Association, which I founded back in 2019. Um, and I'm currently um, supporting Nottingham Trent University with running an influencer marketing uh, project, competition, if you will, with uh, 450 marketing students and 20 brands. So a um, lot going on in the influencer marketing space. I love that you're bringing business into the academic, academic world because so often you hear about people who are being lectured by people who aren't in business themselves so it's great that you're you're really having your influence there but it makes perfect sense to be fair so let describe to us Gordon what is influencer marketing well it's nothing new to be honest it's a effectively it's got emperor's new clothes on I mean if you think of word of word of mouth um, we trusted the opinions of others um, of individuals for, for many, many years. But now it's being used uh, very proactively in the marketing area. And it's largely just promoting a product or service through an individual, i.e. an influencer. Um, and an influencer, of course, can be uh, it's not just necessarily what you hear about in the mainstream mood media, which is like a 23 a year old kardashian or something like that uh you know you're an influencer you know a podcast hosts authors speakers uh technical experts academics business entrepreneurs um you know it, it, it's, it's those people that have the ability to affect change in behavior often through trusted opinion knowledge and content creation and that's it that's my definition of it um 
So it's really exciting who we look up to. And I've always been fascinated, you know, if you think about what actions we take on social media, why do we follow somebody? Why do we subscribe to something? Well, that's largely because we can resonate and uh, with the type of content or the individual that is that is putting out that content. Um, and this is what's been fascinating for me is seeing particularly those people that have got niche audiences. And this is what's so, this is what's so great about, for example, Instagram. You, you might not have a big following, but if your content is very niche, if say you're a fly fishing expert, for example, and you had, you know, just maybe a thousand followers, but everything that you're doing about is storytelling at the lake. It's all about your experiences. It's all about the type of fishing tackle that you're using. Uh, and of course, the people that are f following you want to hear about that. They're interested in that type of content. Suddenly, if that individual was to um, was to go on holiday somewhere and start posting about hotels or or car service, it wouldn't have the same sense of relevance. So, if I was a, maybe a fishing rod manufacturer, I'd be saying this is just a type of of influencer that we want to connect with or because it's their audience that could be buying our products. I love that. And I really want to be by that lake. You, you, you sold me the being by that lake and I can see it now. It's fabulous. <laughs> I've got one actually on my doorstep, which I walk around every, every day, actually. It's I'm a, an RSBB, Royal Society of Protection of Birds, uh, nature reserve and we've got uh, three of them so uh, um, j just on that I, I did I created some content a while ago which was you know me being able to give advice and tips on influence but do it at the lakeside so it was it was almost taking away the stereotypical background which was just in a in a room or a green screen and then you know Gordon by the lake in a way it's 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 changing uh, what people's stereotypes of, of, of individuals and backgrounds and settings are and mixing them up so that you've, you're creating your own personality. Um, why do people sometimes, why do music artists wear hats all the time? Um, you know, why do they wear certain types of clothing? So they'll be recognised, remembered. Because, you know, when you look, we're all personal brands at the end of the day, Amy. Um, and the power of a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So in other words, what I try and do is help seed that influence with individuals so that we can create that conversation. Other people are talking about you, you know. I love that. And I love the way you described, you know, just having that really niche audience when I'm speaking with people and they say, oh, I've only got so many followers or I've only got so many downloads. I said, doesn't matter. What matters is, are they the right people in your audience? Exactly. That's what's key. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So tell us what the, the different ways that you approach your audience. You've got your book, you've got your podcast, you've got your the social media platforms. All of those bring different types of, of communication or require different types of communication with the audience. But you're talking about the same thing. Yeah. So I have a strategy. So I have a Facebook group, which is called Influencer Marketing Secrets. And that is uh, open to anybody that's interested in being an influencer or actually working with influencers. So that, in a way, is enabling me to create content and be that thought leader by example. Because if you're going to work with somebody, it's not enough to be able to say, I do this and I do that. You know, what you have to have is that social proof or that 
so that people can see they can see exactly what's going on. Um, I also have a weekly roundtable on Zoom uh, every Wednesday morning at nine o'clock. So I use that to create content on a particular subject in the influencer world. Um, but I do that only for about 15 minutes. And the rest of that three quarters of an hour, I talk and allow people to ask questions, meet each other, and create a really nice, warm environment for people to share their ideas. And we did one this morning, for example, on um, how to write effective blogs. And it was really engaging. And there was what's really good is it's not just me sharing my tips, but when you've actually got individuals within the group starting to share their ideas as well, it, you really get that sense of, of of education, not just from me, of course, but from the people that I've brought into the group. Um, I have my own blog, um, which I write uh, monthly. Um, I also write in other people's magazines, so I have a great relationship with PR Week. Um, I'm delighted to say that I've been approached by the Evening Standard and now going to write for them as part of their growing contributor network, uh, one of five on influencer marketing. So that's great. Um, like you, my podcast is a great way of sharing my voice through my um, uh, guests on there. Um, also with the Branded Content uh, Association, obviously I'm connected to lots of other organizations um, I'm, one thing I didn't tell you, actually, I'm also the founder of the Top 100 Most Influential People Index, <laughs> which is a product or service that we provide largely for associations. Because as a previous director general of an association, uh, I know that associations want to grow their, their influence. Um, we, I, I, I recently wrote a port, report um, called The Social CEO, because one of the challenges that CEOs have is that, uh, particularly when trade associations, they will often delegate the responsibility of managing their social media to one of their marketing teams. And nowadays, and particularly in the last 18 months or so, we want to hear from the chief exec himself. We want, to, we want him to show up on LinkedIn or on Facebook or on Instagram. And you know, we want to see him with, it, with his pet. <laughs> we want to see his real well, ironically, sense of purpose, his vision, what he's trying to do, not just the corporate image that is so banded out around some of these uh, big organizations because they're scared of what to say. You know, it's this, actually, it's the frailty of, and the sincerity and the authenticity of the content that, for me, creates real influence. And you've touched on purpose here. So let's move into that space, Gordon. How has what you're doing now arisen from your sense of purpose? Well, um, it's funny, actually. I used to run an association, as I've mentioned, for 11 years. Um, I, um, I, in 2018, I set up my own membership consultancy. You know, I, I help other trade associations with their strategy. Never even dreamed about entering the influencer space. So ironically, um, but have, but almost haven't realized that I have been influential almost all through my life in sales, in marketing roles. Um, and I've loved being around people. You know, I'm an absolute people person. I love getting the best out of others and seeing them flourish. Um, but so I, I want to help people. 
you know, my real sense of purpose is making a difference. That resonates me. And you know what? That goes back many, many, many years to little Gordon when he was um, probably 12, 13. And the reason I say that is because my mum and dad split up when I was quite young and I was brought up by my dad. Um, and um, I had a great affinity and relationship with my grandmother, who was a great horticulturalist. And she taught me a lot about gardening. And so I, at a very young age, started my own little garden business. I was started to mow people's lawns at the age of 12. And 13. other people were doing, were doing, um, um, you know, what do you call it? Um, newspaper deliveries and stuff like that. Um, and can you believe it, Amy? I, I, it was a pound an hour I was mowing people's lawns for. <laughs> that just shows you how long ago it was. But the reason I say that is because whenever I did the job, I always wanted to make sure that everything I did was re was perfect, was was beautifully quite. Whether it be weeding, whether it be growing geraniums, um, and and so sometimes people would say, "Thanks, Gordon. Here's the money." But that wasn't enough for me. What I really wanted them to do is to come out into the garden and I wanted to show them what I did because I wanted that sense of appreciation for what I've done. Do you know, Amy, that sense of purpose has never, ever left me. It's never about money for me. It's always about making sure that somebody has got a good experience about working with me. I love that. And I love how you, you've, you've sort of took yourself back to the younger version of Gordon and have seen that, seen that it was always there and it's just manifested in different ways throughout your life. And, and not knowing that you were going to step into the world of influence, what has it actually got on to achieve for you and for those around you? Well, um, yeah, I mean, t to be honest, uh, I never thought I'd write a book. My sister said to me, um, the words don't, <laughs> it would take up three times more time than you ever thought it would. I won't lie. I had massive imposter syndrome. I, I mean, you talk to me about the promotional products industry and I knew everybody in it. I mean, everybody, you know, I was well known, you know, Gigi, everybody knows Gigi, you know, and I moved away from that and I moved into a sector where I knew nobody. Um, so to write a book, and I started to do some research, as you often would do, looking at some of the other authors, I thought, oh, my God, this is, you know, what, is, what have I set myself up for? And my sister at the time, she said to me, remember, nobody, well, after she said don't and realized I ignored her advice, <laughs> um, she then realized that I'd got this, this global book contract. Um, and um, she said, um, you know, I, I, what I needed to do is just say, look, nobody else is going to write the book like yours. It's it's unique to you. And I, when she said that, I felt a lot more comfortable. Um, and when the book was originally came to my door in a brown box, and they give you like a number of books for, for free, I took it to my sister's and I let her open the box with me because she'd been quite insightful. And she was very emotional. She just could not believe. It's not that she couldn't believe that her brother could write a book, but she did, But she just couldn't believe to see that all this work had come from somebody that had literally been in the industry for six months. Um, and I, I, it was at that moment that I realised that that's what I'd done, and this was meant to be. And I've gone on to interview people 
from from Facebook to massive global brands on big marketing stages, big international conferences. I've spoken to hundreds of people. Um, it's not that speaking is new, but when you're speaking around a subject that's very new to you, that is, and, and you're aware of people that have been in the industry for, for way many years than you, that, that is quite a daunting experience. But then um, it, 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 a lot, I have a lot of self-belief. When I got over that sort of perhaps imposter syndrome, I have a lot of self-belief which says um, uh, it's about bringing your personality. It's about remembering that the audience have come to listen to you, give them real value, give them a sense of... Uh, I mean, yesterday, for example, I was talking to 250 students at Nottingham Trent University, never spoken at university before. Um, huge round of applause at the end of it, and I, you know, and whistles as well. And I thought, you know what? These people are in their early 20s. I'm 56. And look at the reaction I've got. So I guess that answers your question, really. You know, I can still do it as a 56-year-old. <laughs> Hey, I was looking at the the way that we get classified in our age, and I think that you're still that they've reclass who have reclassified the ages, and we've not even hit middle age yet. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all good. But I see you as a connector, Gordon. I see as you as the link between people who need and want something exactly. and, and value what they what they want need and want but and also those who are able to translate that so you're you're bringing those worlds together in a way of collaboration in a way of community in a way of of connection and bringing that education forth you you mentioned you've got your facebook group and you've got your your weekly zoom as well so what is it that is fueling that where does it sort of what's coming behind it what's giving you that sort of focus um, it's to affect change in behavior. I see lots of people that have a huge amount of knowledge, but don't know how to articulate it. Um, um, and I also talk about personality. I think I'm a great believer in bringing a personality to a, to a brand, um, that makes it human. You know, we're now in this sort of human to human experience. You know, how many times do you say, I'm going to work with you because I like you? Not because you offer a service and it's the cheapest. Because I like and I trust you. And those are the most important ingredients that you should have. And, you know, forget sort of cold calling and, you know, trying to badger people. Think about what it is that you have in common. I mean, one of the reasons why when it comes to influencers, for example, 65% of them do not respond to any outreach that comes through to them. And you think, well, why? I've offered them some free product, a free item. How? Why are they not bothering to respond? Well, because actually their audience is the most important thing that they have. And they want to make sure that any brand that tries to connect with them resonates well and that there is total alignment within brand and within their audience. Otherwise, it's going to be a complete misfire. So um, I, I use this approach called jab, jab, punch, really, which effectively is a build relationships based upon sharing and liking somebody else's comment. You know, simple things like saying happy birthday on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, 
I, I had a birthday just recently. And I was overwhelmed, and I mean overwhelmed, by the number of responses that I had. It's people I hadn't heard from from a very long time. But because they bother to do that, that makes me think, you know, I want to continue a conversation. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen you. We must reconnect. Let's meet up for a chat. Um, you know, we all, I always think about we all know about a thousand people um, or more sometimes. Um, and uh, it's a lot of it's about uh, making people feel good about who and what you are. And if you get that right and you create the right vibe, you create the right energy, people will come to you. And you said it's all about the personal brand and being human and, mm. and showing that level of authenticity and, and sort of vulnerability almost. Indeed. I, I, I understand. I understand that. And I understand that to connect with people, you, you do need to show up in, when you're having tough times. How, what have you found there? Oh, well, I, I totally agree. And we were having a call just before this about something that you've experienced, which is which is extremely um, heart wrenching. But uh, um, yeah, I, I find that um, when it comes to, um, you know, creating content, things that talk about um, how you've, you, you maybe that you've succeeded, I mean, but also the journey, you know, it's almost as though blood, sweat and tears, but I made it. You know, it's like when you see the, the marathon and you see the people that have come through the line. Who are we really focused on? We're really focused on the people that are almost breaking down at five metres before the finish line. And somebody has helped them over the line. Those are the moments. So what are you doing to help your customers over the line? What are you doing to support and help your family build stronger, deeper relationships? Because by doing that, in a way, not only do you feel good about that, and I know I do, but um, people's perception about you as a helpful, supportive, engaging individual are you know, are, are amazing, you know, to be honest. Um, and I've had, you know, in the last 18 months, I've had a lot of great things that have happened for me, but I've had a lot of sad things. You know, I've gone through a divorce, um, which over after 30 years has been quite difficult. Um, and, and so, you know, I put on my Facebook post, for example, on my, on my birthday thing that, uh, you know, I've, done these amazing things over the last uh, year, two years or so, but never thought I'd be alone. And, and I'm, I'm convinced that little things like that, where people can see that, yes, you've done some great things, I wish you well, but you know that they've all, you, you've had some problems along the way. I think we, as, perhaps it's just a British thing, but I think we generally reflect well. I know I do. I don't want to hear from show-offs i don't want to hear from people that are that are going to increase my turnover to a million dollars in three months really you know i know there are people out there that do that but that's not that's not for me i want i want to hear from people that have yes had some success but have really struggled as well and they've they've overcome them and they've stood up on them because they've never lost sight of their vision and purpose 
Yeah, I love that. And, and and it is so true. I mean, I'm just thinking when you mentioned the, the marathon, I get goosebumps and I get that sort of wave and, and it sort of it work, my eyes well up. Whenever I think about the marathon, I hear that music that they always play on the telly or if I go and watch in person, it is the London Marathon particularly. It For me, it it just is evokes so many memories and it is so powerful just that connection of seeing someone run past and then you see their name on there or you see why they're running uh, 10 years ago back in 2011 I walked the night marathon did you and yeah it was fabulous we had a great time I walked it with two really good friends and we every mile marker we changed the conversation to, with a different topic it was really we were really strict we had different topics each person led the topic and I, but I can see now those people in front of me walking and they had the names of the people they were walking for. And the one that really sort of stuck I me, mean, they said, mom, dad, sister, brother, whatever. And then there was me. Somebody had written, I'm walking for me. And I thought, wow. oh my God. you know, this yeah. person is walking. So they are influencing, you know, they are they are really influencing how I feel, why I'm doing that. The other side of, of that of that particular memory that's just come back is we thought we were raising money for cancer research and we thought that's how we were helping that day. And of course, you said right at the beginning that, you know, you want to help people. What actually happened, we were just coming back over Tower Bridge. We just had a few miles left to get to the O2. Somebody tried to jump off the bridge. And so that was an unexpected helping someone and save their life in that moment. And you just think, wow, I don't know who they are never never got to know we we waited uh, until some, another couple behind us took over from us and we knew we called the emergency services but yeah it's it, i want to go back to that emperor's new clothes we're not changing anything here we're just carrying on the as you said the word of mouth the trusted opinion of others albeit i don't think we should trust the opinion of those who were presiding the emperor <laughs> no you're right and 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 when we talk about influence i mean you think about um you know the dalai lama you think about david attenborough's infamous program um two years ago um with the little turtle um with all that netting around it think how much he's had an impact and greta thunberg on on the on climate change i mean obviously they they had that influence before they knew what was happening but those seeds were planted in us so now we look back at those people and we realize you know how true they were um and um i think i'm sure i've seen something about david attenborough has come up one of the highest as people whose opinions they trust more than almost anybody else um so what are the values that David Attenborough has, you know, sincerity, honesty, experience, um, charisma, humor, all of those things that draw people into you. You know, he's not trying to sell us anything, but he's passionate about what he believes in. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't waver. And it's, it's interesting you're talking about values. We've got Values Day coming up in a couple of days time, International Values Day. What are your values, Gordon? Um, well, I think to be kind and courteous to people. Um, I want to feel that I'm. I'm. Um, I want to make a difference in 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 my part of the world. I want to um, make people feel good about them themselves. So it's not just about what I think. It's about the experience 
that I'm leaving with people. You know, this whole sense of what do you say about Gordon when he's not there? <laughs> I hope I leave a mark on those people. Um, and it's a positive mark because in a way, if it's a positive mark, what happens is other people talk about you, you know, and that's what you want to be doing. So I think, um, yeah, just being just being a nice bloke. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Be an influencer. Just be nice. Be kind. Be courteous. That, make exactly. a difference. It's, exactly. That's right. It's not it's not rocket science at the end of the day. You know, it's uh, I think when people try too hard, then uh, they wonder why. You know what? It, I think it's also worth mentioning is what the attributes in people that you don't like and why is that? And then look at their lack of influence. Um, so it's 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 as much about looking at the, the attributes of things that that annoy you and irritate you as well as those that um, that, that you're you know you want to engage with. So for anybody who's out there and thinking, I don't have any influence. I'm not a thought leader. What would your advice be? Well, everybody has influence. You know, if you're a parent, you have influence over your children. Um, you know, if you're a teacher, you have influence over your school children. Um, an academic has influence on a new drug being developed. So everybody has some degree of influence. Whether they market it is another matter. Um, and so, of course, somebody that's listening to this may not necessarily want to be a an influencer that generates uh, income, but they want to be somebody that is the go-to person in their field. Um, so a, a lot of it's about, um, well, I'll tell you what I say to people is do some research. Have a look at the people that you believe are exemplars but competitors in your niche. Have a look at the type of content that they are creating, particularly on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and look at the, the reaction. So maybe get yourself a, an Excel spreadsheet up and post the number of comments, likes, and the type of content they're doing. So you get a real mix, because what you want to take away from that is the attributes. So are people in, you know, say you want to be um, somebody well-known in wellness, so you go and have a look at 10 other wellness coaches or experts. Um, you know, are they doing video? Are they doing posts? Are they doing reels? Are they doing articles? What's in them? How long are they? So you, you start to really put together a, a bit of a matrix. And as I say, the, the attributes that come from that will be um, something that you can put together. Um, and you should definitely be analyzing your content. You know, what gets measured gets ma managed. Um, and um, so that's important. And the, the, the top content creators and thought leaders know their numbers. They know what time of day to post. They know what um, they know the frequency of posting. They are speakers sometimes at events. You don't have to be a speaker to be a thought leader, but obviously that's another way to to to, to um, get in front of your target audience. I, I started this uh, interview with you about uh, niching down. Lot to be said for niching. So. You know, if you wanted to be a fashion influencer, for example, 
Is there an argument to say that you are a particular niche? So you may, are you a sustainable fashion influencer? So make sure that your content says exactly what you are. There's no point in saying, oh, I believe in sustainable fashion when you've got pictures of your dog, your house, and, you know, make sure it's consistent. It's almost like creating your own CV. If somebody was to want to understand what you're about, you know, we, we want to see what you're saying resonates with what you're promoting in a way. Um, also align yourself with others of influence. I call it a circle of influence of other individuals that perhaps don't compete with you, but have similar shared values so that you might be able to share each other's content or collaborate in some shape or form. And then last, but by no means contact me, <laughs> um, because obviously I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, help people. I, I have a free 30-minute strategy call, um, and uh, it just means that uh, I can give some ideas to people. If anybody wants to join my Facebook group, um, they're free to do so. So, uh, yeah. Perfect. Well, I normally ask people how people can get in contact with you, but you've just perfectly explained <laughs> how they can. Are you also on social media? As you're on LinkedIn, I assume. No, I'm hidden from all of it. <laughs> no, I am on LinkedIn, uh, which is probably my biggest uh, network, actually. Um, and I'm, I think there's only one Gordon Glenister, so I'm not too difficult to find. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, um, and um, a little, little bit on YouTube. I've got to improve that. Uh, yeah, so, so thank you so much, Amy, for um, being on your show. It's been an absolute delight. It's been a pleasure. I just want to pick up on one thing about the circle of influence. Mm. How many people would you have in your circle? Five to six. Yeah. Um, purely and simply because, you know, I always say that five or six people are going to transform your life. Um, and those people, you don't know who they're going to be. They may be a teacher. They may be, if you're wanting to work at, at, um, in the film industry, it might be a director. But five or six people, that's all, are going to create a directional change in your life. So know and understand that. And surround, you know, I often say that you are defined by the company you keep. Um, so surround yourself with five to six awesome people. I love that you've shared that. And I love that I asked your question because I think it was Jim Rohn who said you become the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And it's so true. But you don't have to stay with that same group. You can evolve. They can change they, as you evolve and change. Of course. Absolutely right. So, I mean, you might not, you know, your teacher, my, my business studies teacher, Mr. Davis, probably was one person that really got me interested in, in business. You know, I loved it was actually it was economics rather, but um, I loved, I knew I was destined to work in that. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to do technology. I didn't want to do woodwork. You know, I, I wanted to be in business, you know, and uh, I think that it wasn't just the content because you can have, that's all of you can remember this, where you've had, you might like history, but you can't stand the teacher or there's something that's wrong with it. So it's not, enough to say you like the content that it might well be that somebody has inspired you to work in an industry 
because of them, their values, their influence, their communication style that has influenced you. You know, I am convinced that even yesterday to talk to, you know, all of these um, first year students at Nottingham Trent, because the project is around influencer marketing, I had a number of them come up to me saying, I'm going to write my thesis on influencer marketing. Um, thank you, it was really insightful. But I've had subsequently a couple of them connect with me on LinkedIn and said, I really enjoyed your session. I, I want to, I'd love to work in the industry. Um, um, can you point me in the direction of some people? So the fact that she'd reached out to me, I thought was, was really good. And as it happened, there might even be a placement within my group here. Um, so that's about, you know, not just listening, but it's taking action. And a lot of people sadly do just listen to stuff, but others take action. So I would, I would encourage those listening to you today that if you've liked what I've said, take action. Yeah, knock on that door of opportunity for sure. Gordon, it has been an absolute pleasure taking us on this journey of influence. I really enjoyed it and understanding more about what the circle of influence can, can do for you has been brilliant. Do you have some final words for the audience, please? Um, final words. Um, well, just get out there and do it. You know, it's, it's um, you, know, you know, remember that some of that early stage of of content that you're creating is not going to be perfect so don't try and make it you know some of the best content on video for example even on um, um, you know some of the other uh, video platforms uh, TikTok I was trying to think of um, uh, you know look people have just been mucking about and those mucking about videos have gone on to create, you know, thousands of views. What I would say more than anything else is be true to yourself. What are you as an individual and what value can you bring to your uh, intended audience? You know, um, that's what I would say is, is just be true, honest and, and, get, and get stuck in. Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcasts five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, Focus on Why.